Once upon a time, I had great nails. They were long, they were glossy, they were very, very high maintenance. And then, around the turn of the century, everything changed all at once. I, I left a husband who was only really happy when he was putting me down. Some shares I'd bought went up in value almost 600% overnight. And then I got made redundant. Some friends of mine had taken some time out to go traveling around the world, and they suggested that I join them for a while backpacking. And I thought to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to go. So I asked my friends, where are you going to be in April? They said, Cambodia. I said, where's Cambodia? The travel agent said, where's Cambodia? And so the great nails had to go. Now, Cambodia at the time, which was just in 2000, um, was just really emerging from a genocide and civil war, which killed three million people. The impact on the country and society as a whole was horrendous. It affected me profoundly. And I decided to stay for a while and got involved in volunteering. The more time that I spent talking to local people, the more I saw that an entire generation had lost parents. An entire generation had had no education. And so they had no opportunity. They wanted to learn. They wanted to work. And they wanted a better future for their children. But they had no opportunity. I recognized that really creating opportunity at scale would require a solid business model. And so I set up two successful businesses to create positive uh, social and environmental impact. Both of them became very successful. They attracted customers from all over the world. They achieved their social impact objectives and actually won international awards. But this story isn't about that. Because when I'd been in Cambodia for about six months or so, something else happened. A waiter, let's call him Sam, at a backpacker guest house that I used to eat at, disappeared overnight. Nobody knew where he'd gone. No one had seen him. So I asked around a little bit more, and I started to hear some whispers. I spoke to some NGO friends. I did some digging, and eventually I found out that he'd been sold to human traffickers. Now, human trafficking takes many forms. Modern versions don't use forcible abduction as much as they use false promises. What generally happens is that some kindly uncle travels around all the poor areas in a country, offering overseas work on behalf of some company or other. The offering is suitably tempting, especially for young people that feel they have no future. But they don't get told the full story. They don't know where they're going to be going. 
They don't know what job they're going to be doing. They don't know what their hours will be or how much they'll get paid. As soon as they arrive, their passport is confiscated and held until they've paid off their debt to the company for taking them there in the first place. This debt includes a commission that's paid to the kindly uncle. Now, conditions are generally horrendous. For many, it takes years for them to get home. For some, they never return. And so I, probably with more courage than common sense, decided to do something about it. I persuaded a friend to help me out. We did a bit more research, we pulled a few strings, and a few days later, we found ourselves sitting in the cafe with the kindly uncle. Somewhat nerve-wracking. Um, money, literally, passed under the table. There followed a few days of what probably can only be described as deep paranoia. And eventually, um, Sam was released from his contract just before he flew out of the country. And we even got his passport back. This did, of course, put Sam back where he was before. He was free, but he had no opportunities. And so we decided to let him stay in our spare room. And we sponsored him through a business degree at university. He ended up living with us for five years. He became part of our family. We were his safe space, somewhere he was always welcome, someone who would never judge him, would always listen, who would build his confidence and give him sensible advice. While he was studying, he took a part-time job in a cafe, and when he graduated, he got a good entry-level role in a bank. He worked hard. He got promoted. He put all six of his siblings through further education. He worked harder, he got a better job offer, and he improved the house for his parents for their retirement. He continued working hard, got promoted again, and set up a side business. He married a wonderful woman. He bought two houses. The future outlook for him, his children, and his entire extended family has changed beyond all recognition for generations to come. Now, this really taught me something. What I'd seen in him was honesty, integrity, and a willingness to learn and to work hard. All he needed were three things to give him a window of opportunity. A bit of financial support, some practical education, and a safe space. The rest he did entirely by himself. Angelina Jolie once said in an acceptance speech, somewhere in the world there's a woman just like me who would likely make better films than I do because she's a better actress, only she has never had the opportunity that I've had. 
I've worked in 37 countries, and I've met many, many people like my friend Sam, with a lot of capability but no opportunity. I spent a lot of time talking to them, understanding their lives, their challenges, and hopes for the future. A large proportion of them were women. And I saw that women have even less opportunities than men, and even more circumstances that reduce those opportunities still further. There are many women out there, just like me, just like you, just like Angelina. They have the same abilities and aspirations as we do, the same work ethic and love for their family. They're everywhere. You often just don't see them because they inhabit a parallel universe, one that's often just a few streets back from where you're walking. The future, Stephanie Jobs. The future, Jessica Bezos. A future restaurateur, architect, best-selling author, inventor of the next big thing. Women out there who have the ability to change their world for generations to come, if they ever get the opportunity. But many of them won't ever get that opportunity because they have no access to finance, practical education, or safe space. They just need those three things to make it happen. The rest, they can do all by themselves. Unfortunately, they can't all come and stay in my spare room. And so there needed to be another solution. And that was really why we created Lucy, because providing three key things in a scalable and cost-effective way to entrepreneurial women is the single biggest thing we can do to drive economic growth. Now, you may ask, why specifically women? Well, because women-owned businesses tend to be more than twice as profitable as average. And they tend to put more than twice their profits into family, education, and healthcare. Empowering women to start and grow their own businesses really makes sense for everyone, women and men. To quote Melinda Gates, when money moves into the hands of women, everything changes. Not just now, but for many generations to come. Thank you.